100% my favorite song right now. I know it is. That's why I did it. Watch out, this thing's about to end though. It'll fade down. All right. Why? We can't afford it. And Whoa, now. God. <laughs> I feel like uh, James Gandolfini. I didn't even get that last onion right. Shit. I Mary, told you it wasn't ready to go. I think Mary Clayton, yeah. who sings the, the female part in that song, is probably... Man, she's got to be 70, 75. I would absolutely marry her and take her down. I love Mary Clayton. Shit, watch her on YouTube when she yeah. talks about rape, murder. <laughs> what? You but know, then she said, I think I've told this story in the past, Dave. I'm sorry. You can find a YouTube video of her just raw vocals. Yeah. She was like eight months pregnant when they called her in to do it. She went in hair and rollers God damn if Mary Clayton didn't have a miscarriage a couple of days later. No way. But, um, yeah. God, the vocals on that yeah. gives me the chills. That's I, funny. That's your all-time favorite song? Yeah, right there. You know, it's interesting is we, we're talking about- That you know, and any like, song from Luke Bryan. Any <laughs> song from Luke Bryan. We talk Alabama football like you and I do uh, You know, before we even go on. But yep. uh, that's Nick Saban's favorite song, too. Oh, I told you, that's his routine. That as soon as the game's over, his wife and him, they get in his car and they yeah. drive home listening to that song. That's just it, what they do. Uh, here, here's the thing that I can't figure out. I heard- you're a Stern guy. Yeah. I'm a Stern guy. Last week was Stern on vacation. I got a huge kick. I've never... I'm a casual Zeppelin fan. I'm not a diehard Zeppelin fan. There's a handful of bands that I would say I'm a casual fan. GNR, I like. It's not that I don't like them. Chili Peppers, I've kind of become yeah, more of a, a, a fan. casual fan. Um, I, I wouldn't say diehard, but I, I, I don't hate them. And Zeppelin's kind of one of those bands. Give and take, handful of songs I liked. I've gone I, through the Zeppelin phase where I listened to everything for a long time, then I stopped. Yeah, but I, I thought Stern, and look, everybody talks about the job that Stern does for interviews. He's wonderful, but when you have six guys doing research and putting things together, yeah. plus 40 years on the radio, it's a nice combination. But I found his interview with Robert Plant that I listened to the other day. God dang, was that good. It was yeah. so good. And Robert Plant was so good because... Phil Collins wrote a book and said that Phil Collins played both parts of Live Aid, yeah. started in London, came to Philadelphia and played for Zeppelin, and he said the Zeppelin guys were just complete dicks to him. Wow. And it bothered him. It bothered him a lot. And um, But anyways, here's my question for you. Yeah. When you have guys like the Zeppelin guys, or when you have Keith Richards and Mick Jagger Springsteen, all these guys that have written iconic songs. Uh, Brian Wilson, right? Yeah. How come at a certain point, Smokey Robinson, think of any guy, Dave, from our, from that we've known. How come at a certain point it's like the magic goes away? I don't know how that works. I always think back to the old Rocky Three line, right? You got that, civilized. They, yeah. You got civilized. You don't get, didn't get hungry. Did they lose it? Yeah, either you lose it. The money's so good. It's great to be relaxed. It's uh, I have no idea. I've never been in that situation. But, yeah, it makes a good point. And then there are people that have the one-hit wonders. You don't get rich off of one song. No. You got to be consistent. You got to – I don't say you have to be Madonna. That kind of yeah. deal. Well, every song's a hit. But you have to be consistent in there. It's That's kind of funny. Pat Monahan from Train, yeah. when he comes in and does Led Zeppelin, gets me fired up to listen to it's Led good. Zeppelin again. That's what gets me back to saying, all right, I got to go back and find some Led Zeppelin. There are a lot of bands I dislike that people like. Like, I hate The Doors. Oh, that's funny. I'm yeah. I'm a Doors fan. I like them. I'm not I'm not a Doors fanatic. Yeah. But I got kicked out of high school for a day for doing the Doors Airband Live Gloria. 
and we got kicked out. Is that right? Yeah, we got kicked out. For uh, what? Uh, because the principal, Sal Ramirez, who was a douche, <laughs> he was judging that day. My buddy Tim Griffin was phenomenal. We had an amphitheater at San Diego, and we had this old uh, VW bug. So we we loaded ourselves up into this bug, and it's four guys, me, Tim Castanelli, Shawnee West, and yeah. Griff. Griff's got Nike. But Griff went on and played at Stanford. Unbelievable athlete at San Diego. Yeah. But he was, on that day, Jim Morrison. And we had him in just a pair of Nike bike pants and no shirt. And so the four of us were behind this amphitheater. There's like, I don't know, air bands, what, three, four other bands that are going. But while these other pussies are going <laughs> um we're in the back and what we did was we lit about 80 incense and so there's nothing i mean we're fucking done i've had a cough yeah literally for five months i think that day gave me lung cancer i'm convinced <laughs> of it um so we're just sitting in this vw van and if you're sitting there watching and especially if you're the other pussies this van there's just smoke pouring out of it like the van's on fire yeah well, finally, they get to us, and we open it up, and it's me and Shawnee and Castanelli, and we go up, and there's no griff. So it was all, like, we put it together in two seconds. So we go, and we literally just grabbed him by the arms, and we just drug him to the center of the amphitheater like he was all fucked up. Um, but Live Glory is such a great song from the doors from Alive She Cried. And there's a line in the song that says, wrap your hair around my skin. That's, that's basically, I want to fuck you. Of course. And even that old sack of shit principal of ours, Sal Ramirez, who's enjoying the whole show until that, and all of a sudden, you just kind of see a mark go on. And all the teachers at San Diego, I just remember guys like uh, Mike Davis and John Davies, Lonnie Madrid, all these guys that I love. They're all watching. Yeah. It's all from their era. Yeah. So they love it. Plus, they know Griff, who was amazingly funny, blew Val Kilmer out of the water. He was great. And uh, all of a sudden, I go into class. My teacher, uh, Mike Beckman, who I loved. You know, here comes some other douchebag. Yeah. Fucking snitch. <laughs> comes shuffling in with a little note. Oh, a big shock. Hey, that's a bricks move it <laughs> so we go and we get this whole fucking speech about how uh you know the air bands are really really they're good natured you know it's like the beach boys it, it's good natured so we'd like you guys to take tomorrow off and think about what you did and come back whatever fuck it so we're like <laughs> we're so they invite you back with a different act no no but you're out but what sucked this was the bullshit move okay at that time, the big thing was to do the video yearbook. And so you could buy a video yearbook for like 30 bucks. And for you, it would be like you and Craig Elston. You guys would do your fucking shit up there. Best friends. Yeah, talking yeah. about what's going on and scarves and telling people good day. And, <laughs> and then it would cut to different clips from throughout the year. Yeah. Well, everything had been taped. All the air bands had been taped. So all we wanted was the video. Yeah. We weren't buying that video yearbook bullshit. Nobody gives a shit about pie-eating contest. Asshole. So we go up to the video guy, 
This fucking guy who yeah. you knew had a closet full of really weird porn. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we why don't you run us a copy of that video? Yeah. Okay, champ. I had to erase that. We said, what? It's erased. I couldn't keep that. And we're like, you fucker. <laughs> Every time I think of that, I always think of Back to the Future with Huey yeah. Lewis. Yeah. Sorry, guys. You're just too damn loud. And it's his song. That was it. Was, it. it was a great yeah. scene. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great scene. Yeah. So, that's so damn funny. Yeah. So we got... It's shocking that yeah. Sandy Guido never asked me to come back and talk to kids, right? Yeah. But... Um, you think they've asked Rick Willis to come back? Oh, probably. Of course. Oh, uh, you know, one of the great things about working at KUSI is uh, the anonymity that comes with this job. <laughs> no, I can go anywhere I want. No chance of advancement. No chance of advancement. Um, I don't always get a corner booth at Sizzler, but uh, I do get a free credential to USD. That's a blast. Me, Jack Cronin. Hang out. And I'm excited because I feel like Carlos Amesqua knows me now. And that's that. Does anybody here know Carlos Amesqua? Yeah, he's probably back all the time. He probably hosts Homecoming Parade. That's that's it. You know, it's funny. We, Sally uh, Stinky Snatch is here. <laughs> what? <laughs> you missed your good times over there. Jeez. I, I had a blast. I know. You always say you had a, you, there's oh certain people God. you like and certain people you hated. Well, the problem was I had a blast. My mom yeah. hated my time at San Diego because this will shock people. I had fantastic grades through eighth grade. I was always a great student. It's funny to say that. Did I was all good the, at eighth grade, uh, You know, every time they'd have honor roll or whatever. Yeah. Fuck, I was on every year. It was a no-brainer. Then yeah. I got to San Diego. And we started playing sports, and I was introduced to the world at keg parties. Holy shit, chicks. Yeah. I couldn't give less of a fuck of doing uh, world literature. Who gives a shit? I couldn't tell you today. I was watching Stern the other day. Uh, who are the three Christopher Columbus ships? Oh, I don't fucking know. Well, I'll tell you how to get the most out of your fucking beer bong with no phone, baby. Does that matter to you? Mrs. O'Donnell? Um, Did you ever throw a party while you're, let's say your mom was out? No. You never no, pulled that move? I, no. You know, all the guys that I ran with, Cheech, who passed away, Boomy Tommy, yeah. we were all really smart in the fact that we avoided that because you just knew. That your house was going to get trashed. Fences got broken. Yeah. Sh- people puking everywhere. Yeah. Those fucks from Lucadia. The Cardiff guys <laughs> knew how to keep it together. These fuckheads from Lucadia, oh, puking in their armpit, sitting in a beach, uh, puking, fucking ass. So at no point did you say, if my mom ever goes out of town, we're having a party at my house. No, I didn't. She lost her shit, my first report card at San Diego. Yeah. When it was like four Ds and a B and PE. Yeah, that was it. Oh, and that, I think, was the highlight of my entire four years at San Diego, that oh first God. report card. Terrible. I go through spring football, spring wrestling yeah. every time. Coaches would always be like, I don't even know why the fuck you're out here. You had to be a 2.0. And it'd always come back like 1.8. They'd be like, the I'd be like, fuck. I'd go through circuits, right? Yeah. A fucking air horn. <laughs> go through all that shit. Everybody gets a play, and there I am sitting at the end. Yeah. Eating fucking juju fruits. <laughs> Drinking <the> fu- squirt. 
Like, I'm not sure Funny it. and squirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that fuck nut Jim Ringstrom fucked me again. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Growing up, my sister was four years older than me. And whenever my parents would go out of town, they'd go to L.A. a couple times a year and they'd leave yeah. my sister and I back in Nashville. My sister always had the biggest fucking parties of all time. Your sister did? Dude, like you wouldn't believe. I mean, no, we, they no had, kidding. Like they had 3,000 in the high school that she went to. And then it seemed like every high school in Nashville was on our block. And we had a lot of land. We had six acres. You can yeah. put a lot of people on six acres. God damn, right? Plus people were in other, on the street. They're in, you know, other yards. It was so many people. And then she throws a giant party. My parents are home. They said, you can have the party. Oh, my God. Dude, I've never seen so many so many people. It looked like the King's Parade, you know, by Staples. Wow. It was that many people. And then all of a sudden, I'm just watching. My buddies and I are watching. We're now, in, how old are you? I'm in eighth, seventh, eighth grade. All right. And uh, the, so the street lights are on, but everything else is dark as shit. And all of a sudden, a fight breaks out. And oh, a, a guy shit. pulls out a knife and stabs another guy. Right, like right Altamont. Like the Stones. Yeah. Give me shelter. Right there. <laughs> yeah. You had it. The guy in the green suit. So I run, go sprinting in the house, and I tell my parents, oh, my God, someone just got stabbed in the street. And my dad didn't move for a second. Didn't Thanks, even think to move. My mom had to go break it up, grabbed yeah. a bat, went and broke the whole damn thing up. But now, it, fucking Norm Sneed was out there <laughs> signing autographs. Your dad would have been out there in a minute. But guy's fucking dead in the street. Goddamn you, Lou. It was it was crazy. So here's my my chance. Ninth grade. My sister's at the University of Alabama. My parents are out of town. I'm going. I'm going to have one of these parties. You know, okay. I'm going to do the thing. And so in ninth grade, though, we knew some of the older girls. So like, this is going to be great. Yes. We're going to have the juniors, the senior girls coming over, yes. the whole deal. And so I had two really close friends, Rodney and, and Trevor, who were always with uh, older girls. Also, they failed seventh grade together. They had that, that in common. They were like the only guys driving in ninth grade. And uh, my, my buddy Trevor's drunk like that. And all of a sudden, this girl is a junior, big cans, you know, yeah. w- w- wants to hook up with Trevor. All and right. he's like. Dude, I'm going I'm going in your room. And at the time, I'm like, oh, yeah, no. but I did pull the old no. I was like, dude, I'm not going to cock block him. Go ahead. So he goes into my room. I had this big giant waterbed back oh, in the back of the day. <laughs> so so I'm, immediately my buddy Rodney and I, we go sprinting around the house because <laughs> we want to watch. Play the game. Yeah, now we're going to watch. <laughs> dude, as soon as she took her shirt off, he threw up right on her tits. And he wow. did. And it was over. And I was like, ah, you blew it, you fucking idiot. And he threw up all over I got two stories yeah. that are right. God, that's so sick. <laughs> My buddy who, there's enough people that know him that if I named him, they would know who he was. So we're going to change his name. Okay. And his name is going to be, uh, we're going to call him Johnny because Johnny's not even close to his real name. So Johnny tells me this story <laughs> that he was dating a girl. Did you have these girls in Nashville, Dave? The girls that were like, the girls that put out were, like, there were the girls that you'd always go, man, it's tough for her to get in the in the mall because she's got a mattress tied to her back, yeah, right? Yeah, All those yeah. jokes. Yes. But then you had the girls that were kind of like the, on the ASB board, and you found out they were fucking like little jackrabbits, yeah. right? So Johnny, it's this chick, the the ASB, I don't know, she's on the the board, right? Treasurer, who knows, whatever she does. So he tells me this story that she gets naked and she's on the couch and she's like, come on, Johnny, come on, Johnny. And he's all excited and he goes and he's undoing his jeans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) But now he said, 
he goes, uh, he, I go, what'd she say? He goes, she didn't say a lot. She wasn't happy. She got up and gathered her belongings and made her way yeah. out to the. Why don't v- you give him 10 minutes? Give, him, give the kid another shot. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, out to her VW rabbit. The funny thing is if that's the other way around, a guy and a girl, and the yeah. girl immediately finishes as she's getting her clothes, and then we'd be going, all right, that's how hot I am. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, Johnny said that was bad enough, and yeah. he kind of had convinced himself that it could happen to anybody. But he said the next day as he walked around San Diego, and he would hear, there he is. There he is. That's the guy. Thanks. That's the guy. Quick draw. Um, but you have to move. Yeah, he pretty much did. But that story. But then this one I love, and it was my buddy Cheech, who I've talked about often, who passed away. But Cheech and I had a bunch of double date stories. I told you we took these two girls, great looking girls. We took a miniature golf, and God, they hated us within a minute. And just because we'd been drinking beers in the parking lot, I'm like, "What are you chewing gum wise?" He's like, "Whoever, juicy fruit." I, yeah. We're changing gum, just freaking these girls out. Because that freaked me out, too. Yeah, yeah, we didn't give a shit. So now, Cheech and I, even though we're close in age, he was one year ahead of me. So we're double dating with a couple of college chicks, state yeah. chicks. And we're down at one of these. Uh, we're at the motel. I know right where it is. Right at the 805 in Claremont Mesa Boulevard. And it's about 100 yards to the right. And it's still there. Yeah. So we're dating these college roommates, and Shane being the classy guy that he is, he takes the floor with his girl. Uh, I'm with the one who I'm still friends with on Facebook today. We're on, we're on the bed. So things are moving along pretty nicely for me, and I hear, ow. <laughs> so we stop, right? Freddie Jackson's in the background. Freddie Jackson. So nice. So I kind of gather myself, me and the girl were going, ow. It's like a fuck. <laughs> so I say to this girl, I'm like, come on. So we army men it to the end yeah. of the bet. And we're watching. He doesn't know we're watching. And you just kind of hear this noise that sounds like somebody's wringing out a sponge. And then you just hear him say, ow. So I go, hey. He goes, what? You say hey to him right in the middle? Yeah. yeah. She's right next to me. Oh, my God. The gosh. girl's right next to me. We're leaning over the bed. I go, what's the problem down there? He goes, she's treating it like it's a goddamn gopher, and she's trying to get rid of it. <laughs> I will. All right. Hang on. I'll take care of this. So I go, hey, why don't you relax over there, okay? It's got nerve endings in it. <laughs> what? Gets all mad, frustrated. I <laughs> I army man it back with the girl to the top. Yeah. And now they're quiet arguing on the floor. Oh, great. Why'd you say that? It hurt. She's treating it like a gopher to try to get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, goddamn, that's where the saying came from. It's not like she was trying to start the fucking lawnmower. <laughs> ying, 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 ying. <laughs> Poor Chi <chichai. laughs> Um. Yeah, ruined that ruined it because oh now she starts crying yeah and then roommates gotta hey i'm sorry i gotta like who gives a fuck i cry by herself <laughs> and then uh <laughs> and then cheech and i just sat there 
like the badasses we were drinking Bartles and James. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I don't think we did it. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Dude, when I was driving to, uh, to Arizona, I had my, my younger son with me. He was 19, and he's playing... He goes, do you like this song? He's playing that game, and he's playing all the songs he likes. Okay. And I, of course, man, I'm like, hey, dude, it does nothing for me. You know, we're, yeah. we're going back and forth. And he's like, I like this music. Josh likes me, this music. And boom, boom. I go, pull up NWA. You know, cause, yeah. Because they're into Drake and everything. I pull up NWA, and I said, play Dope Man. And I said, has the greatest lyric in the history of songs. And so he's playing Dope Man. It's a seven-minute song. And he goes, when are you getting the line that you want? And then the line is, Man, I wouldn't touch that girl. Me neither. Girl, go home and wash out your beaver. I go, that, <laughs> is, that is great writing. And he just looked at me like disgusted. Like, I'll just let me out of here. I'll just sit by this cactus till you come back in seven days. Come get me. <laughs> he was so disgusted by me and my, my taste of music. Wait till you get with that one with your kids. Yeah. Dude, NWA, right? Yeah. They were. Ice Cube so was good. great. I loved Ice uh, Cube. He's coming to the fair. Well, not the fair, the track. September 2nd, because... Is he performing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that crazy that the guy wrote songs like Fuck the Police and he's doing Disney movies? Dude, it's unbelievable, right? Yeah. How do you turn your career around that way? Uh, you know what I think it is, man? Once you say that he's just... It's something we talk a lot about on the podcast. Likeability? Yes, likeability. And he has the ability to hit a lot of different demographics. I agree with that. You know what's it's funny is there are certain people out there like I'll give an example. Snoop Dogg's another guy. Nobody dislikes yeah. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. But there are certain people you go, that guy might be the most talented guy going. There, there are yeah. a couple of people that stand out. I made a joke the other day. I went to the movie theater and I ripped Tiffany Haddish and oh, saying yeah. that she's overrated. Well, sure enough, Tiffany Haddish was in three movie premieres that were coming Fuck. out. That was before I even before I even saw it. Yeah. My kid looks at me and goes, how did you know? I got to know it all. But she's, yeah. she plays the same character every movie. Yeah, she, there's no, there's no acting there. You go, man. Tiffany Haddish is yeah. a great actor. She, she's herself. Yeah, Kevin Hart. I mean, not Kevin Hart. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Jamie Fox. Yeah, guy plays a piano, sings, Dude, dances, right? acts. Guy is incredible. Yeah, and Ray Charles was insane. Yeah. You know, um, what's his face? Uh, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, freaking can do everything. Yeah, entertainers. And who's the? I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Who's the guy that's already performed twice halftime at at the Super Bowl? Oh, uh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, another guy. Those yeah. three guys to me are like right? the most talented guys going. Yeah, right there. Here we go. These guys can do just about everything. A anything you want. Like I can't yeah. sing. I can't dance. I can't do any of that shit. No, you're no Steve Woods. I'm no <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? I just looked at my phone. It's a text from Steve Woods. Oh, they're out of control tonight. Him and uh, Darren Smith. Um, I want to thank everybody. We did. We've closed down the GoFundMe page today. Uh, if you're wondering why, like I said, um, because I got to give a headcount to the venues. Yeah. When did 7500 bucks in the GoFundMe page, Dave was given... Uh, four hundred, and I was given two fifty in cash. So we yeah. have six fifty in cash that we got. It put us over eight thousand bucks, man. Very and, good. And I just every one of you again, thank you so much. Had a great conversation tonight with Bob McElroy at the Alpha Project. He just is as cool. I go, how you doing, man? Kicking ass down here, brother, like we do every day. And I got him up to date on the numbers, and dude, he's just like. Like, man, I love you guys. And I go, it's everybody. Yeah. He'll be there. That's Bob cool. and his team will be there. Um, I had said for a couple of weeks that I was frustrated with the suicide prevention groups. Shit, has that changed? Unbelievable 
conversation the last couple of days with Yellow Ribbon San Diego, and there had just been a miscommunication. They were amazingly great today Good. and said, Bud, we would never blow you guys off. Just something got lost, and I told them, I go, look, we're all on the same team. Yeah. So Yellow Ribbon San Diego will be there, and they provide suicide awareness programs for kids in high schools. And then the people from AFSP uh, will be there. You know, Dave, one of the highest demographics for suicide is white males in coastal North County, San Diego. Is that right? Yeah. I wonder why. I, I don't know, man. But what I found is the people that are on these boards that will be our guests that night, they're all affected by it. I mean, yeah. you're, you feel it. Yeah. They've all been affected by it. And I just, they're all so nice. And it goes for all of you. All of you that are part of it, they're just sharing the message with me, but it's a message for all of you. And they just say, thanks. Um, and then tonight, I had a great time. Frank Ant, what the hell? What's she doing? Who is it? It's my wife. Jesus. It happens. You keep the phone too close to the computer. That's what Fuck. happens. Fuck. <laughs> Want to start the whole show up? Yeah, let's start out. You know, that's one of my favorite songs. I would bang Mary Clay. What? <laughs> no, <clears throat> but um, now what's kind of fun, Dave, for you and me yeah. is we have all the people that have donated and that are in, and now we're kind of going through and finding people that mean a lot to us through our career and inviting them. Yeah. I told you, we put money in so we could scholarship some people, and uh, Frank Anthony will be there. LaDonna Harvey will be there. Um, Tommy Caitlin that's really cool. From Padres Production will be there. Reached out to Ken Kramer tonight. You know Frank said to reach out to, which I will absolutely do tonight. Uh, Frank said, did you hit up Stacy Taylor? And I go, God, I, because Stace lives in Mexico. Yeah. He goes, Jeff, send him a message. And I go, I will absolutely do it tonight. So I'm hoping Stacy will come. But um, we're going to reach out to some people media-wise that have been a big part of I'd love Jagger and Christy to be there. Um, and we're just going to reach out to some friends that have played a really big part in yeah. supporting this show and doing everything else. And again, unfortunately, if you did not get in, that part of it is closed. But um, if you want to make a donation, make a donation to any of the yeah. charities. You can donate on any of their web pages. But for all of the rest of you, I'll, I'll be putting together and I'll be tweeting out the uh, the names of the guest list, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to seeing you three weeks from Wednesday night. It's going to be a great night. There you go. You know, as we're doing the show, we're, we have the the Padre Dodger game on. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the things with the the Padres, we didn't touch on it yesterday. It but was just zero zero. So I know it was zero zero a second ago. Now it's five nothing in the fourth, as uh, they can't seem to get it out. As Luis Perdomo is pitching for the Pods, we thought you were done with a guy like Luis Perdomo. Yeah. But remember, we told you yesterday's podcast. They couldn't have had a worse situation. Even though they won that game yeah. with the Diamondbacks, people love when they beat the Dodgers, and you just killed yeah. your pitching staff heading into yeah. the series because of that 16-inning game. Um, but but as far as the, the – I want to ask about the Padres because things could go down before we're back on again. Brad Hand made the All-Star team. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people weren't surprised by that. Some people were saying, don't be shocked, it was Kirby Yates because he's yeah. done so well. The way Andy Green right now is starting to get a little bit of criticism, the way that he, he's, he's managing – when you when you sit there and you watch Padre baseball and you see Brad Hand and, and we all know Goose Gossard saying real relievers don't go like I did they go in two three innings. Brad Hand's going two innings a lot. Yeah, is that killing Brad Hand? Is that doing more damage than good to when you're trying to trade a guy to go? Man, that ERA keeps climbing up. I mean, yeah. right now it's round three. 
Yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm Preller, I'm sure Preller's, I'm sure Preller's pretty involved in what happens. I think they're all right. I mean, I watched the, the Tyson Ross thing. Does that bother yeah. you? And now Tyson Ross isn't the guy we thought we were going to get <laughs> results from. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say, I mean, I, I don't know that we really expected realistically. Did we think? I mean, if Tyson, I mean, shit, the night he almost threw the no hitter yeah. in April. But I remember sitting here, Dave, about a month and a half ago when you said, trade him right fucking now. Like, don't drag this out. Yeah. If the, but who knows what they're offering at that point, right? You, you, you don't know. And here, here's the way I look at it is because you're you're in stocks for a while. Yeah. Is you always absolutely you sell while while it's high. You know, you 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 buy you buy low, you sell high, and yeah. and so I understand everybody waits till the end of July. Mm-hmm. You want to hold on for as long as you can, but at the same time, now he's not the guy the Yankees are looking at anymore. You know, what not I mean? now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you figure. Between now and the thirty first, what? That's three weeks from three tomorrow. Weeks. Yep. He's so five he, and seven, four point four one ERA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're the Yankees. You're expecting more than that. Yeah, you'll get the bullshit. Hey, we could still do waiver deals. So you ride it out with him. I mean, I think you ride it out. You got yeah. him for under two million. Dude, you got him for under two million. You didn't trade anything to get him. You signed. No. You signed him. Well, if you get anything back in return that turns in anything, it, it works out as yeah. a plus. And he's been a guy that had been doing okay yeah and yeah i kind of like him here i mean dave i didn't i didn't have expectations that he was going to get flipped for anything crazy but i i have to be 100 percent honest padre talk for me right now we might as well be talking the kansas city royals yeah because between the podcast and the charity event and everything else going on I just don't get like I see more of these games when I'm down here with you than I probably see during the course of the week. I just don't see them. Um, I see the information on Twitter, you know, and I I follow a bunch of guys and and I see it there. Um, A lot of the games I'll put on the DVR and then if they're getting beat 20 to five, there's not much time to watch it. But I just maybe as uh, Padre Geekster told me as I watched Travis Pastrana last night, she wrote to me and said, hey, just be thankful you're not watching the Padres. And I, I still love them, man. They're still my team, but I don't I don't see nearly what I've seen in years past. Now, I know Galvis is your brother's favorite player. Ah, yeah, my brother. Fuck that guy. Do you, do you so know, sick is my brother. Do you have a favorite Padre? Do I have a favorite Padre? There's a guy on this team who goes, that's my favorite guy. Like, if, you, if your kids ask you, Dad, who's who's our guy? Who are we funny. following? I'm, I'm staying with Eric Hosmer. Is it your guy? Yeah, I'm saying I, I do like I like Galvis. He's fine, but I like Cosmer, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not even gonna bring that up. <laughs> okay, did you go through this move when the All Star teams were announced, and you just said you were busy yesterday? Did you go through to see how many former Padres made it? No, I didn't okay. see one thing. I couldn't even tell you who's the Twins representative. I couldn't even tell you who made it from. I'm the not twins. even sure. I gotta look it look it up. I, yeah, it, it's like be- I look at those who who made it from the Twins. Yeah, and who made it uh, from the Pods? No, I did look up to see how many former uh, Padres made the All Star team. What would you guess? Guess it is. Oh, it's funny. Well, Matt Kemp made it. Matt Kemp made it. I'm gonna guess Trey Turner made it. Um, I don't know if Trey Turner made it. Uh, got, kid's got, it. got about 80 stolen bases. Yeah. and so uh, and Trey Turner's a hell of a player, but I don't think Trey Turner made it. All right, so, so uh, Matt Kemp's the only guy in the National League. Two other guys in the American League. Two other guys in the American League made it. Former Padres. I don't know. What do you got? You got Corey Kluber, which has to hurt like crazy. Oh, Guys yeah. won two Cy Youngs. Yeah. You know? And uh, Craig Kimbrell made it. 
and Dave Roberts made it as a manager. Yeah. So it's really four guys that will be stepping out and go, that guy wore a Padre uniform at one time. Yeah, well, Kluber, they got rid of where at A-ball? Was he at yeah. A-ball when they, they got rid of They said at best he was going uh, to be a number three in the amazing? rotation guy. Yep. So somebody got a hold of him and got him squared away. Good on him. But, yeah. No, nah, I mean, uh, Kimbrell, yeah. Look at that. And you go, okay. But, yeah, here's what it is. It is what it is. And it's funny when you look at the rosters, you go, man, the American League looks so much better than the National right? League right now. The guy I don't understand that's not uh, on the All-Star team right now is Blake Snell. The, the I left heard that tonight. Pitcher from the Rays. In my opinion, watching, I watch it probably two, three games a night, Major League Baseball. Yeah. Honestly, I watch a ton. I think he's the best lefty in baseball right well, now. Well, there was a huge talk about that today, and apparently there's uh, everybody from Odell Beckham and others have jumped in that believe he'll make it. Is he part of the fan vote? He's one part of the vote, yes. Yeah. And their catcher made it, so that's why he wasn't the representative for the race. Got voted in. So, but, go ahead. Uh, that's A.J. Hinch, though, that sees that team. They say it's now done where the managers don't have a call. I guess it's... As much say as they yeah, used to. Yeah, it's not... Both used it, to say it's, hated it's, it. It's, yeah, it's the front office now. Put, we'll put the rest of the guys together, try and figure it out. Mm. But, but uh, he'll... Dave, the other yeah. thing will be, Blake Snow will end up being there because somebody on that all-star team will pitch the Sunday before the game and won't be healthy enough to pitch. His spot in the rotation will come up. They'll find Verlander already said he's not throwing, no matter what. Oh, Verla really? Verla Verlander's not going to throw. So that'll clear his spot. One more, they always find a way to get those guys in. He'll be there. The guy is he's, he's one of those guys that's really, really fun to watch. Here's the guy I'll, I'll throw at you that's always kind of strange to me. Shin Su Chu. Unbelievable. This fucking guy. Is it 45 straight games? 47 he's at. 47 games in a God row he's gotten on base. damn. That's like... Honestly, Dave, I have not seen those kind of numbers since my season in about 2009 on PS3. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that was a great year for me. I really was on a hot streak when I was rookie of the year for the Angels. But since that year, yeah, can you believe that? Because when you look at at Chu last year, he had a good year. Yeah. But not like that. Man, you talk about the ball just looking like a watermelon, right? Yeah. Jose Barrios is, is the, by the way, the That's, guy for the Twins. But here, here's the, real quick, Shin Shu Chu, yeah. who has been around Major League Baseball for a while. Yeah. But not a guy you'd go, okay, who are some of the best Asian players to come over and, and make their mark? We all think about Ichiro. Some will say Matsui. Yep. Do you realize he has more career home runs than anybody in Padre history? Shin Chu Chu. What? <laughs> I messed it up all the time. Did you say you fucking racist? I did. I'm trying to say it as clean as I can. Yeah, well, I don't like it. He has more home runs career-wise than anybody in Padre history. Like, if he would play it on the Padres, he'd be that guy on that list when you walk around okay, the how plaza many, section. How many years has he been with the Rangers? I will tell you in a second. But he's um, he, it's kind of funny. Like, he's that guy in his career. I would never have guessed he had that kind of career. Well, yeah, but think about this, Dave. How many guys, when you look at it, he has to have been with the Rangers, I would guess, at least nine years. I got it right here. Okay, he's 35 years old right now. One, two, three, four, five. Five years. That's it? Five with the Rangers, one with the Reds, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven with the Indians, one with Seattle. Man. Is that crazy? Two with Seattle. Sorry, in 2005, he was with Seattle as well. So, yeah. I feel like. He I has 185 home runs. 
185. I think the record is like 151 or maybe a little bit higher than that for the Padres. Like Nate, Nate, but wait Adrian Gonzalez is right behind Nate Colbert. Okay, but are you adding all 185? I mean, you're taking all 185 and giving him credit for that? Yeah, I'm talking his whole career. Well, what's Dave Winfield have? Dave Winfield with the Padres doesn't have that many. Well, yeah, but you can't do it like that. You're taking Chu's whole career, combining that. six teams. I understand that I'm versus just, anybody on one team. My point is, though, if he stayed with one team, if he stayed with the Padres only, that's still more home runs than. Like, my my opinion is, 14 years of Major League Baseball. If I said he played 14 years, would you have guessed he's been in the Major League Baseball that no, long? No, I would not. Yeah. But you can't say. Um, your 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 math doesn't work. My point is though, he's a guy. Your that point is, is, is you're trying to fuck over my a, team, buddy. And guess what? Nobody, I caught you on your bullshit. My point is nobody pays attention to him. He's one of those guys that's just overlooked in Major League Baseball. I find him to be incredibly years. talented. Maybe it's because I don't have an issue with race like you do. <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? All right, your boy, uh, your boy Nate Colbert playing your game. Yeah, one seventy three, hundred seventy three home runs in ten years. All right. I asked about Dave Winfield. Yeah, well, I Dave didn't Winfield ask about is a shitload. Okay, look that up. Okay, God dang, you son of a bitch. What Caminetti have? Dude, not nowhere close to that. Okay, that's, what a, are you gra- that, about? that's a great question about Caminetti. Cam- by the way, Winfield had 465. Yeah, points. looks like that's a little higher. Yeah, well, it wasn't in and a Padre just, uniform, fuckers. Yeah, well, you guys well, want his number retired. <laughs> yeah, the guy completely bolted. I mean, come on, why does everyone kiss Dave Winfield's ass? The guy completely ran for the money. I don't remember it that way. Every <laughs> completely. The guy was an all-star with the Padres, 77, yeah. 78, 79, 80, and then immediately took off for the Yankees, yeah. where he's an all-star for the next eight years. you like, right now your thinking is, you know Blake Snow has more wins than Greg Maddox has as a Padre? You son yeah. of a bitch. Dude. You're a son of a bitch. Look, let me tell you something. Quit I, trying to doctor I got, the numbers, I, buddy. I, I, I might be tired. But I'm not in the bu- I'm not in the mood for bullshit tonight. I've, I've, sell it I've, sell it on one of those other horseshit podcasts. <laughs> not this one, buddy. <laughs> this one. All right, your guy Caminiti. Yeah, let me hear it. Fifteen years, two hundred thirty-nine career home runs. Oh, what's your man Chewet? Because that looks like I'm two and zero right My now. My man Chew sounds like the racist now. Look, okay, hundred eighty-seven hey. more than any guy in Padre history. I'm gonna I just you, gave you two fucking names. Asshole. Partner. I'm gonna give you Caminiti's numbers real quick. Yeah. T- with the Padres only. 26 home runs, 40 home runs, 26, yeah. 29, and then they let him go. Yeah. 29 home runs, 82 runs knocked. How many they, home runs did go. Steve Finley hit in his career? I don't know. Hold on a second. I'm going to ask you that. Hey, fucker, I'll get to it. You look it up. My point is this. A lot of people are talking about retired numbers, and we had people say to us, what about Ken Caminiti's 21? Well, I said it at the time emotionally, but you can't. You can't. That's my point. You can't yeah. because everybody knows how we got him. Yeah, unfortunately. You, but but impact guy, no question. Impact guy. All right, Steve Finley, 304 home runs in 19 oh, fuck. years. Looks like another guy fucking just. That's a lot. Yeah, you're not doing so well that, in your little game, are you? That's that's a lot. By the way, in the Padre uniform wasn't as many as you think. But it doesn't it, matter. It, you know what's crazy about Finley? The guy played on every, every team in the National League West. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Pretty good. Um, who else do I feel like fucking beating you one more time at this game? Well, I'm just saying, retire numbers. Is there anyone who doesn't have a retire number at the Padres where you go, that guy's number should be retired? Because uh, people were complaining, and Caminiti's number should be up there. No, nobody at this point. Nobody at this point that, that would qualify for that. No. And that's why there's no reason to bring number six back in. None. Because that's one of those things would make – like national news, the Padres unretired a guy for what reason? Right. No other team does that. Because they're, yeah. Well, 
they're not going to do that. They're just not. They're they're smart enough to do it. Look, I think a couple of things are going to happen with the Padres over the next couple of years. I think next year is going to be a really, really fun year with the 50th anniversary. And I, I just think that finally... The Isn't uni- this technically the 50th anniversary? They played 50 seasons this year. Yeah. I, I think when they look back and go, 50, 50th season, yeah. but 50th anniversary. Yes, I understand. Um of the first deal. Um but but I think I Dave, I just like this group. I do. I like this ownership group. I like the the whole thing. Um I don't know whether or not Andy Green will be the guy forever. But I just had a great conversation uh with some people within the organization. And yeah. just talking about different levels of things that happen. And they said I, I talked to him, I just asked about ownership and everything else. And they just said, Man, it's great. It's great. First time in a long Good. time. And they said when things are needed, money's not an issue. Things just get taken care of around the team. They're like, yeah, there were days that that wasn't always the case. But right now with this group, um, it's just a really good group. Yeah. And then I said, well, why'd Mike D get fired? And they said, well, buckle in. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean, buckle in? What the hell is that supposed to mean? Did he get to the bottom of it? Yeah, I did. did so here's Do you really what, know? Yeah, I know exactly why. So Mike D, this is what Mike D did. Okay. So Mike D realized that it was T-shirt day. So what Mike did was he went and rounded up 17 Venezuelan orphan kids. And he ran all these orphan kids in, and they all got free shirts. Well, guess who was sitting there? And saw the whole thing. You know who saw the whole fucking thing? Who saw it? The whole fucking thing was seen by former Padres great Carlos Hernandez. (laughs) And he said, you son of a bitch. And Mike denied it, but it didn't go very far. And then you know who backed it up? Clay Hensley saw it. (laughs) Not an ounce of truth in that. Clay Hensley did not see it. And then fucking... Keith Moreland came in too. Keith Moreland came in, and Kurt Stillwell was yeah. there, and they Kurt and, Stillwell. and Mike just said, "You know what? All I wanted to do was bring seventeen orphans to the game." And they said, "Hey, you know what? Bullshit! Bullshit!" All right, two guys. I got a question for you because this is before I was here. Kurt Stillwell. Yeah, God, he, I love that signing when okay, he came here. That's what I was going to ask you because yeah. when Kurt Stillwell was with the Reds, people don't remember. And the Royals. Well, before he was with the Royals, they had Barry Larkin and they had Kurt Stillwell. Yeah. And the Reds honestly said it was a coin flip, and they chose Larkin. And I'm like, well, man, Larkin would not be an MVP in 95. Yeah. Hall of Famer. So how good was Kurt Stillwell when he was here, and how disappointed were you when it didn't work out? Well, I okay, first off – I have no idea why Mike D got fired. Yes. Somebody will fucking write a blog that, hey, we figured out that he <laughs> Carlos stole. Hernandez. And Clay Hensley turned him in. That did not happen, any of it. I have no idea. I've never asked. Okay. It doesn't affect me. So um, I don't care. I just like getting everybody riled up like, oh, those crazy bastards are going <laughs> to let it go. Um, I think the biggest heartbreak that I've ever had for free agent-wise was when former National League umpire Paul Rungi fucked me over at the fights, the Bobby Filippi fights at the El Cortez, and told me that Walt Terrell was going to be better than Bruce Hurst, and I told all my friends. <laughs> you, you, what, you ran with that one? Oh, I fucking ran with it. Looked like Sebastian fucking Coe running with it. 
And I got fucked. I got fucked like a TJ Hooker with rent due. <laughs> fucked. Paul Rungi fucked me over. Yeah. But Kurt Stillwell, I remember having plenty of conversations about, hey, fuck Robbie Alomar. I think that was around that time. I think Stillwell came right after Joe McIlvain gave up on Robbie Alomar to Toronto. Because you had Tony Fernandez here, am I or am I too? I or, thought I, I think you're. Uh, or am I? Am I, I, I think you're off on that. I think Kurt Solo was here before that. Before Alomar yeah. came up, he was after Juan Benilla. Yeah. yeah. Well, hang on, because Alomar got. I think you're him. looking late '80s. Yeah, but Alomar came up. I think Alomar was up on that '85 team. You think so? That early? No, maybe not. Maybe not that quick. Benito was Benito was rookie of the year in '87. Yeah. So maybe Alomar came after that. Yeah. Stillwell, who, fuck, who was? I'll tell you right now when Stillwell was here. I got it. Um, he was here. Actually, you know what, dude? You are not wrong on that. Stillwell was here in 92. Yeah, right after. Yeah. So 92, right after that. 27 years old. He was yep. 92. He hit 227. 227. Two home runs. 24 runs knocked in. Son of a bitch. Fuck you, Kurt. <laughs> fuck you. There's only one Kurt that deserved to wear that Padre uniform. And that was who? Well, it's going to be a guy Bavakwa. It's going to have to be. I don't know. Did we have any other Kurtz on that <laughs> team that ever wore it? All right, here's the other one for you. Keith Moreland. When Keith Moreland came here, were you excited Fuck. about that one? Of course. That asshole. Coming from the Cubs. Yeah. The to play head. third base. Yep. In the he, he was more of a sack of shit than mud. <laughs> Roberto Alomar started with the pods in 88, by the way. 88. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah, and we were like, ah, shit. Well, okay. He was an all-star at 22 years old. Yeah, man. Dave, Fuck. we all know. Joe McElvain yeah. moved him out of here. He was like, an all-star from 90 to 2001. Yeah. Fuck him. What do we need him for? What do we need him for? He's going to spit on people. Yeah, John Hirschbeck. Um, no, Kurt Stillwell sucked. There are so many free agents. Look, this thing. Sean Abner. Sean Abner. No, Sean. Yeah, Sean Abner came in the trade for yeah, Kevin McReynolds. I know, but he was the number one overall pick. Did you think you guys stole something? Absolutely. Absolutely. Shane Mack. Shane Mack right there. How's that taste? Uh, yeah. And Shane Mack went and won a World Series with yeah, the with Twins. Yeah, with the Twins. Yeah. It was a big part of that, too. Mike Pagliarulo? Yeah. Stole him from the Yankees. No, we didn't. Uh, there's a bunch of guys. Yeah, when you look at all-time Padre free agent fuck-ups, God damn, that'd be a big bus. Get them all on there. But, yeah, Stillwell would be on there. Walt Terrell would be on there. Um, Yeah, all those guys. Bunch of those dudes. Sean Abner was out of baseball by age 26. Number one overall pick out of baseball by 26 yeah. years old. Yeah, a bunch of those dudes. Yeah, I remember that because the whole baseball card thing was a big deal. Sean Abner and they had Strawberry and they had mm -hmm. Doc Gooden and the Mets had all these guys that Abner was supposed to be that guy. Yeah, we felt good about that. We felt good about that. We felt good about Wally Whitehurst. Felt good about Calvin Chiraldi. I don't know why. Did you expect more from Derek Bell? Uh, Yeah. Shit, we thought Derek Bell was going to come here and hit 71 home runs. <laughs> I think he struck out 71 times in April. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, there were all kinds of guys like that that were just shit from from right out of the gate. 
Mark Langston. Here's a question for you on Derek Bell. How many years do you think Derek Bell was a Padre? Mm. I would have guessed four years, I would have said at least. I feel like Derek Bell was here for two different stints. No, he was not. Only one time? One time. Started at the Blue Jays at age 22. He was moved in the deal for Caminetti. Yes, he was. So I'm going to say that Derek Bell's total time here was two seasons. Two seasons, 93, yeah. 94. Yeah. Moved him out. Yep. Um, that was it. But you know what, Dave? I still uh, love that team. Jack Clark. Jack yeah. Clark I liked. When Jack Clark got here, uh, that was great. I, I swear, man, the guy that had me the most excited, no joke, is Kevin Mitchell. Yeah. Because I felt like Kevin Mitchell was a guy that was just going to be an intimidating guy. I wasn't overly fired up when Joe Carter came here for what they got. I didn't. I, I felt like they gave up a lot to get him. And then, you know, all those different guys, moves that were being made, but yeah, they were all fine. When you look at the, you know, we look at Padre baseball, we kind of do that that whole stretch down memory lane. Oh, what, yeah, Dave, what? I remember. <laughs> I had this guy came out of Vesalia, and I tell you, when I watched that kid catch, I, he reminded me a lot. Reminded me a lot of another former Padre catcher, Mark Parent. You big. <laughs> Wasn't a guy that was going to hit a whole lot of home runs for you. But, man, oh, man, there was such a comfort level with the pitchers. They felt like – I remember I had this long conversation with Whitey Whittleman, and he said, you know, Coach, the thing that I love about all your guys that come out is, yeah, a lot of them, number one, can steal a car stereo, and number two, they'll give me 14 <laughs> innings. They'll catch 14 innings on a hot day. You know what I taught him, Dave? I taught him, take an ice-cold piece of lettuce and just put it under your helmet. They'd say to me all the time, Coach, you're crazy. But guess what they'd say later on? It worked. It worked. I learned that at Tory Pines. I was in the band at Tory, and I sang tenor in the choir. What? Oh, my gosh. Dave, you know the other thing? That I love to do is I know I just turned 60. I want to thank all the great fans out there that wish me a happy birthday on social media. And one of the great ways that I enjoy celebrating my birthday is going through my closet and find <laughs> finding one of my numerous adult-sized Padre jerseys. I still like to get in uniform. I've seen him in uniform. I've seen coach in uniform. Driving so, down the street. So what I'll do is <laughs> I'll drive around, and a lot of people yell at me, hey, is that Greg Booker? <laughs> and I say, yes, it is. And for $17, because 97.3 doesn't pay shit, for $17, I'll sign your autograph. I'll sign your media guide. And then they look at it and they're like, that doesn't look like it says Greg Booker. And I take off <laughs> before the cops get there. Why $17? What made you choose that number? I do it in tribute to some of my favorite players, Phil Plantier. Tim Hires. <laughs> but then the other thing I really like doing is I like just walking through the mall in my uniform and reminding everybody, hey, you know what, even though I'm 60, I'm still a kid at heart, and I wear my uniform. You'll often see it when I do my – I don't really go – I call it three up, three down. Usually I just talk really loud into the camera 
on to the Padre recap. Well, hey, it's Coach here. And another rough night out there for Andy Green's birthday. And then I go home and I got to take my jersey off. It's a little sweaty. I put it in the hamper inside out so that there's no pit stains. And then uh, I, I do what every good ball player does. I, I spit out my big league chew and I get ready for tomorrow. It's going to be another game out here. I'm going to have tomorrow night. I'm confident I'm going to have four people listening after this team gets kneed right in the fucking balls again. And then uh, I like to go down and see Randy. We talk about all the great days in Padre history. And then after that, two minutes. <laughs> One of the great things that we like this year, Dave, it's been a while since you've been in the press box. One of the nice things that they've brought in this year for me and for Randy some of the other guys up there is they brought adult-sized coloring books up there. And Randy and I really have had a great time. We color all kinds of things. I tell you what, Randy's job uh, coloring in the portrait of the late Phil Collier is beautiful. <laughs> I I kind of screwed mine up. I used yellow for the skin tone, but Randy was smart, used peach. Ah, <laughs> oh, Coach is great. Look at that. Wearing his jersey. I wear it all around. I don't wear a hat so much because there's so many of these guys like miserable Padre fan that are trying to recapture their youth. Uh, Steve Woods is another guy you may see talks about these Sunday games where the only guy in attendance is the guy who's got to lock up the field afterwards. But these guys all of a sudden, they think they're the 76 fucking Reds. Give me a break here, David Concepcion, okay? Give me a break. So if I'm in uniform... And uh, their guys don't even know where the fuck to park. Hey, where do I park? And it's really frustrating because I'm trying to get ready for a game that I said again. Uh, they don't sell bubble gum there. They don't sell snow cones. If they don't sell snow cones, your game doesn't matter, miserable Padre fan. You got me? <laughs> Why don't you do your dad a favor and go drop off an application at Costco? When you guys can all get approved for a credit card from U.S. Bank or Mission Federal. They sponsor my show, Mission Federal. Is that right? Yeah. Get approved for a credit card, Mission Federal. All you Sunday baseball legends. No fucking chance you would have played for me at USIU. No fucking chance. Give me a break. I'd have told you, there's your car. Keep walking. Keep driving. Maybe get a job at the movie theater. Stocking milk duds. Coach, do you talk to Bud Black at all? You know, Dave, the one thing that Bud's always asked me is as a left-hander, some of the challenges that he had. So, yeah, I'm here for him. He struggles in the altitude. It's one of the challenges that I had when I coached up there in the high desert. Uh, I, I didn't have a particular team, but I would just stand along the fence and yell words of encouragement. So that, to me, feels like it mattered. And then if the team won... Uh, it was party of one at the local Arby's. You ever had Jamocha Shake? No, I've never have, Coach. It's a good time to have one after a win. It's hot, though. So there were times I would just sleep in my car and cry. Did you take the jersey off when you cried? <laughs> you just sit there and battle through the heat. What I didn't pass out. <laughs> I'll tell you the one thing, Dave, that I found, whether I'm actually on field or outside the fence, support supporters are always uh, a way to really make you feel like you're part of the part of the action. Sixty years, Coach. Happy 60 birthday. Sixty years. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. We're gonna have a big party. We're gonna have it out there at Marshall Scotty's out in the East County. 
It's going to be great. We're going to ride that little train around. Uh, the boss has given me the day off. It's, it's awesome. And then uh, don't forget uh, me and Chris Sello coming up in a couple of weeks. We're going to be doing the post game show on Padre Talk. It's going to be really, really a fun night. Uh, we're expecting our guest that night to be uh, Louis Salazar. Wow, Luis Salazar making an appearance. Yeah, we call him Louis. We don't call him Luis. Oh, gotcha. Don't try to impress us with your, <laughs> with your knowledge of the Spanish language, Dave. Nobody likes to show off. What about the rumors, Coach, over there at 97.3 with Dave Shelley Chainsaw coming well, in the morning? Is he excited about getting no, a new teammate? No, I'm not because uh, that means old fuckface Celio is going to need some place to go, so you're going to hear him, his great thing doing a probably post-game show on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know that he owns a uniform that doesn't say Tampa on it. <laughs> and so uh, that means I'm back to pieology, talking to little kids, pushing their snotty noses up against the glass and staining all my jalapenos. <laughs> Poor fucking coach. You think coach, if he listened to one second of that, would like any part of it? I don't know if Coach would know that you're doing Coach. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm so tempted that we just call Coach and see how long we can go until <laughs> he realizes. Should I call his show? Yeah, you hey, should call a show. John, I got to tell you, <laughs> I I remember a couple of times I was coach. He had no fucking chance. Do you think he would know it's me? No, he, he would not know it's you, and he wouldn't know. And they put me him. right through. They oh, get no calls. Fuck, they got no. But nobody gets any calls nowadays. God damn, Dave. Can I yeah. call that show and be coach talking yeah. to coach? I think you could. I think it'd be fantastic. Where would I be? The, where would I be? You know, I. Uh, Tell me we're at the San Antonio game. And just yeah. say, same coach, I'm calling as a guy that was at the San Antonio game. John, I remember I coached at Northern Arizona. It would get hot down there. What's the hottest park you ever coached at? Oh, man. Holy shit, Dave. Yeah, I'm telling you, it would be fantastic. He would not realize you're doing him. Do you think we could? Oh, God damn. <laughs> it would be so great. He wouldn't know. I could call. I could do. I Everybody could... would know but him. That Everybody. Even the guy. No, no. Yeah, they, they, everyone would know it's you, but every, I'm saying everyone know that you're doing coach, doing Holy. an impression, but he wouldn't. Even the guys who would answer the phone would know you're doing him. Everybody would figure it out immediately, but except he, he would not. I guarantee he would not know. When would he figure it out when I Until said they that told I coached? Him. Until he says you call again, you'd be a regular. Hey, I'll do it. You keep up good work, coach. You know, uh, the other thing that I like, coach, do you think there's any chance that you'll have Philly Billy on talking about the East? Well, that's a great question. Who could I be? I could be Jack. I could be Jack on a car phone. Yeah. Jack off a car yeah, phone. Yeah. Go Jack off a car phone. You know, John, I love when you have. Oh, my God, dude, right? <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, it'd be fantastic. It would be so great. It'd be the best thing ever on 97.3. Shit. No one else is listening. Then can I call in as the mayor? Dude, you should call in as the I mayor. I could call in as the mayor, you huh? You should. You should do back to back. Dude, you just keep right calling away. him. Yeah, fucking get right in. Yeah. John, I sure love Jack. I thought he brought some great insight. Let me ask you this, John. When are we going to see a female umpire? John, I was on YouTube the other night, and they had high-dive videos from SeaWorld, and do you know who was hosting it? The great Diana Nyad. <laughs> Fuck, I could fuck him over. Dude, he would not know. He would love to hear from you. He, he would love it if you. I was he, the mayor. If you were the mayor, yeah. he would love it. What do you it. mean, not me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It sounds so much like the mayor in Poway. It's insane. He would love it. It would make his day. Do you think, 
And then should I hit him up for tickets? Yeah, you got to. That's what the mayor does. Do you have tickets to SmackDown <laughs> for me and my escort? <laughs> I love you. Oh, you got to do it. Coach, I remember listening to you on the old 690. What a lineup with you and Brad Sesmat. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate that very much. Brad's a real talent. He's down in Arizona doing public access TV right now. It's great. I think he also hosts the city council meetings in Yuma. <laughs> I love it. Local politics have lost their edge. Brad will bring them back to life. Coach, do you have any rent money? <laughs> That's the question you got to ask him. Dude, you got to ask him SmackDown for you and your escort. <laughs> My nephews, I sold them to Circus Vargas. They're all lion trainers. I couldn't be prouder. Coach, I've given so much plasma in the last four days. I feel lightheaded. <laughs> Coach, I can't stop crying. Make the pain go away. You got to do it. When's he working next? Come on, what's his schedule? Does he work weekends? I don't know. Who does that shit at night? Who does it after these games? Ello. Ello does? They make Ello stay around? Yeah. Oh, boy. Fucking guy. From like 3 to 11 o'clock at night? Just sitting there yeah. watching this? Yeah. All right. It's probably like, uh, they probably make him do a couple FM shifts on the Max. Podcast. <laughs> do all this shit. Make him, let him know how much he's appreciated. I was thinking about this today because right. uh, you, you put some out or someone put some out about someone. It wasn't you. Someone else put some out about Celia. And they make a comment about our, our podcast and then saying those guys couldn't be more right. I can't imagine. I mean, how we've been on a lot of shitty stations, but I can't mm -hmm. imagine doing a show where it's a zero point zero. I mean, that's a lot. We of wouldn't time. be. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I'm just saying I can't imagine getting up at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning and doing a show that no one is listening to. No. God dang, man, it's discouraging. I can't imagine being the guy who said somebody had to have pitched to the management team at Intercom. Look, Dan's going to be a difference maker. Yeah. What that did for 1090, who continues to have money problems, I mean, it's the talk yeah. all around town. I don't want that to be the case because a lot of people that I like a lot are over there. Uh, but everybody I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people in radio on a regular basis, uh, regular basis, continues to say 1090s having problems. Now, that doesn't make sense to me because John owns it. John Moores owns it. Yeah. But I don't know what his plan is. None of my business. But whoever that was deserves fucking SmackDown tickets from 1090 because you got a cancer out of the building. Yeah. Um. People didn't like him, and he made money. And now when you go and you have Ben and Steve are in there, two incredibly likable guys. And uh, But here's the thing for me on that show. Joe needs to turn his mic off because when I drive, Joe's so busy doing other things that Joe comes in, and it's an e-break on the show. And I like Joe. I've known Joe probably as long as I've known anybody in media. It's not a personal thing against Joe, but Joe's getting in the way of that show. And why Mike Glickenhaus or Mike Shepard don't fucking wake up and say, hey, let these guys, Paul does, I like Paul too. Paul needs to shut his fucking mic off. 
that show needs to build. You need to build the relationship between Steve and Ben. It needs to be defined personalities, defined roles, who they are. Yeah. And if Paul's jumping in and Joe's jumping, it's not a four-man operation. It's called the Ben, ben and, and Woods. Yeah, Ben and Woods. It's not Ben and Paul. You're not the fucking monkeys, okay, kid? You're not Peter Tork. Calm down. Nobody's Peter Tork. Yes. Right? Calm down. Somebody in management has to tell Joe two things. Joe, stop screaming the updates because you're doing a disservice. And, and stop jumping in on the show. You're not helping the yeah. show. You're not. Joe does a lot. Joe's seen a lot in sports radio. Again, and I like him personally as a friend. But I, I can't believe nobody says, wait a minute, man. We're trying to build something here. We've just put two guys together. Let them work through it. Don't everybody jump in. This is not, we're not the Dan Patrick show. Fuck. Stop with this attitude that every fucking morning show has to have five voices and we're all funny and we laugh. Nobody, hey, we got a Traeger grill in here, baby. No, you don't. You're four fucking different guys. And it's very, very hard to get a rhythm. And I'm telling you, because those other two voices have come in, in my opinion, I don't have anything to lose. I like Steve. I like Ben. I like Joe. I like Paul. You guys have made that fucking show unlistenable. The reset and the other two voices, and I would say this to Paul directly and to Joe, you are making that show unlistenable, you two guys. It's not anything that Steve's done. It's not anything that Ben's done. They are the guys driving the show. As we often say, Jimmy Johnson wins races. You know how he wins races? Because there are guys that change tires, and there are navigation guys. You know what the navigation guy doesn't do? At lap 64, tell Jimmy, you get the fuck out of the car. <laughs> he does his role. Do your role. Be the producer. Run the board. Joe, you're the update guy. Stop screaming at me and stay out. And let these guys find their way, find a rhythm. And if they want to bring you in, and, and if Steve and Ben are bringing them in, then they're doing the disservice. But somebody at fucking 1090 has to say, stop. Stop. It's, it's too hard to listen. I'm in the car 35 minutes. I go to Stern. And those are buddies of mine. Yeah. But if I can't fucking listen because everybody's on. And then Joe comes out. Hey, good morning, everybody. Jesus fucking Christ, Joe. And suck it. Oh, I think. <laughs> you blew it out, dude. Hold on a second. Sorry. I think literally you blew you, I Joe, did. Joe blew it out. Joe blew it out. That was crazy. All right, here's a so, question about but that, But that's just it. And I say yeah. that in the Ringo Starr with peace and love. I'm not. Yeah. There are plenty of guys <laughs> that I don't like in this business. Celia, yeah. one of them. Yeah. I, I don't have any axe to grind with Joe or Paul. I like both those guys. I really do. But I'm like, dudes, you're, you're, you're killing the show. I'm just telling you as a listener, you're killing it. All right. Here's a question for you with Joe. Uh -huh. Because when Joe used to do those sports updates back at 690, there was mm -hmm. that excitement, that urgency. A lot of people did updates that way. Well, no one does updates like that no. anymore. Does he do that? As a joke, does he do that as that's my I, I that, that's my personality only and that's what I'm going to keep doing because it does seem really strange. I can't answer it. And to me, Joe and I came up together in the Sockers. Yeah. Joe's the one that gave me a shot in radio. He's the one yeah. that hired me as an intern. Joe, Joe and I came up together, and I remember one of my favorite clips that Joe did going back when we didn't know shit from Shinola was Dick Calvert was the voice of the Sockers. Yeah. And Dick was an incredibly nice man. But Joe at that age, and Joe was a kid, 
Joe ran fucking circles around Calvert. Joe was in- incredibly ahead of his time. And Joe was at that point because I loved it. He would give me tapes to listen to of his play-by-play. And I would do stats for all the out-of-town guys that came in. Joe was easily at their level, if not better. I'm not just saying that, Dave. Uh, he was easily um, league level. And that league at that time, it's not what you see now. Yeah. They, We were on ESPN, we Sports Channel, all those different. We had three different national contracts. Bob Carpenter from the Nationals was doing game. Joe blew these dudes out of the water. And... Um, one of my favorite clips to this day, and he and I joke about it. He called Watt Hermes, who played for the Sockers, tie game, or like I think the Sockers were down by one. There was under a second to go. Watt had a penalty kick from a pretty good distance out. And if he doesn't make it, then game over. Sockers lose. And Watt Hermes hits it. And Joe does an incredibly good job of setting the table for what it... And Joe was just calling the game into a tape recorder. Set the scene and lost his fucking mind when Hermes scored, but so great. And it goes back to what I used to say about Craig. One of the challenges that Craig had was that if Craig went crazy on the first goal for the Gulls... Where do you go in the third period when Wad Hermes scores that goal? And Joe Joe had that ability to know what level. Okay, yeah. this is a five, that's a six. But when Wad Hermes scores and ties the game, Joe went bananas. Yeah. And rightfully so. And it was so great. And to this day, I still will say him, fucking Wad Hermes, man. Because <laughs> I just, I loved it. But I, I just, in my 25 years in this industry, I feel like I have a professional opinion. And you're not helping your morning show. Yeah. You let those guys go and at times come in and find a way. Joe knows enough about it. Joe's been a PD. Joe knows enough. But it may be hard sometimes to just say, hey, maybe the best thing is for me to keep my mic off. Yeah. There you go. All right. I'm going to knock through some of these, but I do have a question for you. One of these, like, not live question, but what would you do question that's... uh brought up in in my house okay so right. i'm gonna go to you for the answer on how i'm gonna handle things, oh this but is great i'm here for you i know that's why i'm, I'm gonna knock these out first okay all right i want to thank again i want to thank uh brian curry over there brian curry doing a fantastic job real estate look if you're in the market for a new home there's only one place to go to that's brian curry brian curry will make your living situation that much better you might be happy where you're at but you might want to test the market as well 20 years in the business he knows san Diego county you name it, any year of San Diego County, he's your guy. He's your full-service broker with access to the best professionals in the mortgage business, home inspection, home services, title, various contractors, other home service providers, you name it, all over San Diego County, including people have told me I was in IB. And said IB is beautiful. <laughs> and what the hell is Jeff talking about? Brian has connections everywhere. Brian's also your guy in the property Is that Ronnie Millsap told you that? He's also your guy in the property management uh, business as well. If you need know someone who needs someone to manage the property, call Brian Curry as well. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Yeah, you know the thing about uh, Brian that is so great. And one of the things we've talked about, Dave, is giving back to the community and doing so many. Had a great conversation night with Tom Caitlin, who puts together the Inside San Diego Sports show on Fox Sports San Diego. And Tom said, hey, man, um, we want to come down and be part of your event. Yeah. And I said, you know, the event, it's kind of closed. There's really not much there. 
But I said, um, said, you know, we have this idea about a Little League park. And what I said to Tom tonight was I said, what I would like to do is, yeah, Dave and I are kind of the point guys on it. But I would like to introduce people that are making a difference in this community. And Brian's one of those guys. And uh, we could tell you all day long. We can read you the bullet points about Coldwell Banker, and we're happy to do that and, and tell you the experience that he did. But for me, what I would sell you on is just a guy, when needed, as needed for August 1st, as needed for the Little League project or anything else that we want to do as a team to make it better, Brian's there. And what I like about that is it says that's a guy who's a stand-up guy, a trust guy, isn't cutting corners. And isn't that what you want? Yeah. I mean, isn't that when you go, aren't those all of the characteristics of somebody that if I'm making a decision that I'm going to lock into for 30 years, don't you go, yeah, that's kind of a guy I like. Don't, don't it feel good that he's a community-driven guy? And and a Navy helicopter pilot, and uh, man, just just solid as it gets. And I just feel like that's that's what I tell you about all these guys that we're so lucky to be a part of. And when we get together and we talk about the charity events, and I reach out to them, uh, I was saying to this friend of mine, I go, man, I just we kind of come up with these ideas. We're not really sure how we're going to execute them. We just have a vision for them. And Brian Curry is always the guy I start with, and he tells me, yeah, we got this. Yeah. And it's it means the world to me to have his support and to have him part of this podcast. And like I say, shit, man, I'm down to about six weeks now. And six weeks when he and I go hit the road yeah. and we figure out where I'm going to live, I could not be in better hands, and you will not be in better hands than with Brian Curry. Absolutely. Don't forget about adding that pool in the backyard. It's so damn hot. This heat is insane. Yeah. We've been going through all of a sudden we went from that crazy hot dry heat to the humidity either way you know what makes it perfect is that brand new swimming pool if you have a pool that hey have one in the backyard but it's not serviceable guess what you got to call alan taylor over there taylor may pools he will fix that pool for you 20 years in the business and don't forget to call alan taylor he's one of our guys too 619-449-4452 619-449-4452 don't wait you got to call alan taylor today make sure that he makes the pool that you have your dreams a reality. At the same time, he can fix the pool that you have. Here's the number again, 619-449-4452. You know what I think about with Alan is have that pool in your backyard. Convenience, right? Yep. When it's 95 degrees out and you start thinking about, wow, what are we going to do to beat the heat? Well, the first thing you may think about is, well, let's head to the beach. Okay, well, unless you live walking distance for the beach, Get ready for the stress that comes with uh, getting up early in the morning, trying to find a parking yep. spot, dealing with the crowds, right? You have somebody immediately on your left or right elbow. Uh, it's that great clip that I love of the guy. You're just trying to lay down and take a nap in your yellow swim cap. And all of a sudden, somebody comes and kicks you in the side of the head because he thinks you're a soccer ball. <laughs> um, here's the other thing that I remember from years and years of vacationing at Carmel Beach. Good luck if you're sitting down there and you're having your lunch and it's hot. And you're going through a couple of bottles of water. Uh, good luck tracking down a bathroom that you don't want to yep. put a hazmat suit on, right? But now, all of a sudden, when you have that space in your backyard and Alan comes and builds it, you have the convenience. You don't have to park. Yep. You don't have to drive anywhere. You don't have anybody at your elbow. It's just you and your family. You're hanging out. You're at the convenience of your own home. 
and I would believe, Dave, that if you're lucky enough to have a tailor-made pool in your house, you're loving weather like this, yes, right? You go, goddamn, get that marine layer out of here. Crank it up, 95 degrees. Take advantage of the whole thing. And what Alan told me, Dave, this is incredible. For the first four people to buy a custom pool between now and August the 1st, me and Alan <clears throat> will be there with tailor-made pool shirts and will be accompanied by Audrey and Judy Landers. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. That's awesome. I don't know how Alan did it, but he <laughs> said, Jeff, I tracked down the Landers sisters. I said, you know what, brother? I'm driving. <laughs> um, so, again, for the four, four people that buy cut, not, not, renovation is nice. Yes. But you do a custom pool in your backyard or maybe your neighbor's backyard. Your neighbor doesn't even, what the hell is this <laughs> earth mover doing back here? The earth mover is back there, Roy, because Audrey and Judy are on the way when Alan finishes this project. If the Landers sisters are not available due to schedule, uh, constraints. You will be given two pens uh, in exchange. Uh, sorry, that's uh, that's the fine print. All right. <laughs> there you go. Daniel Tyler, Superior Fence Company, doing a fantastic job. You know what Daniel Tyler does. He does any kind of fence, any kind of iron gate, you name it, wood fences. He does everything. Everything is easy. The thing I like about Daniel the best is that he says every job is an easy job. All over San Diego County. Specializes, though, in the North County. Even works Saturdays. Free estimates. You got to give Daniel a call if you need that new fence. Everybody has that fence that only lasts a number of years, and then all of a sudden it has to be replaced. 760 745 4846. 760 745 4846. A plus rating with BBB, fully licensed and insured. Don't forget San Diego Superior Fence.com or on Twitter, SD Superior Fence. Saw Dan today. Great to be able to thank him directly for what he has done for this show, what he's doing jobs around town, and just talking about different things. Um, one thing to let everybody know is we had plans to get out this weekend. Uh, Daniel Tyler was part of it. Curry was a part of it. Dave was a part of it. Ryan Barkley was a part of it. Alan was going to be a part of it. We were going to go out and find the Little League field. With everything going on, which is... Uh, the charity event, uh, everything going on personally, we can get into if you want to, Dave, that I've been asked by the guys at Bare Knuckle Boxing to be part of it. Uh, I'm doing things with our friend Erica Lee. Thank you to all of you. She's in New York today. She's been a huge... Wow, she's all over. Yeah, a huge friend to this show and a supporter of this show and been an incredible sounding board for me uh, putting these charity events together. Uh, stuff I'm doing with her, there was a concern amongst all of us that the Little League project could get a little bit, what in the God's green earth is that? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what just flew in here? That was here? a big bug. Is that a locust? <laughs> is that a locust, Dave? Um, we were concerned that we could not necessarily, we felt like the Little League project, if we tried to do it this weekend, would be rushed. Um, and then Daniel Tyler told me today, he goes, it's, hey, man, he goes, what time are we looking? It's my son's nine year, ninth birthday. I go, dude, stop. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm talking about with the guys that we're lucky enough to work with. So um, the Little League project is still on. Yep. We're just going to get through August 1st, give everybody a chance to kind of catch their breath, and then you may hear me ask again for the pictures when we get the opportunity to do it. But we're going to kind of look more at that towards September. Yeah. 
um, still a go. But Dan was awesome today telling me, we talked about San Diego Superior Fence and all the great things they can do. But the insight that he said, hey, man, look, I, I kind of want to help you on this Little League project because there's challenges when you're dealing with the city and everything else. Dave, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. I, I could tell you all day, hey, you can put the fence in, you can do this, you can do that. What I love about all these guys is I feel like they're family. And I feel like when he says, hey, man, I got your back on this project and this is what we need to do, right? I'm like, dude, let's go. I'm not putting it off on him or BC or you or anybody else. I just like that when we go, we've got guys that, that are on the same page and working yeah. together. And I just think if you're bringing somebody in that's going to do a project at your house, um, I hope if you believe in this show enough to donate money, believe that when I tell you these are guys that we've established friendships with. I'll tell you the other thing, too. I looked at our team with Brian Curry. Yeah. Ryan Barkley, uh, Dan Tyler uh, today, and I'm like, we're going to beat the shit out of any <laughs> any show in their sponsorship group. You and I know Gary Cooper from Scott and BR. Yes. Really nice guy. We're going we're gonna to twist, twist Gary Cooper into a pretzel. <laughs> or twist Kaplan into a pretzel. No, I'm kidding. I'm not <laughs> fucking around. But I love those guys. But goddamn, I looked at it. I'm like, holy shit, Dave. You get some kids that'll yes. scramble you like an egg. You yes. get out of line. Absolutely. I like our team a lot. <laughs> kind of look like we may have to get all of your red berets. We'll look like Curtis Sliwa walking around town. It's a good thing uh, Frank Mataraki is still not around. Where is Frank Mataraki? Could be a bad day. And poor Gary Cooper's like, what the hell happened? I haven't seen you guys in five years. Sorry, Gary. Your family. Sorry, Cap. I'm not folding you up. I'm just kidding around. <laughs> Since I don't hear Steve Woods ever do an ad lib, I was going to call out Woods and his group, but I'll have to wait till Steve gets an ad lib to do that. <laughs> there we go. All right. Last thing before we get on out of here. So here, here's my question for you. Mm -hmm. I told you in September we're taking a trip. We're going yeah. to Boston for a couple days. Okay. Going to see one Red Sox game probably. Nice. Okay. Going to see Red Sox take on the Mets. Then we're going to spend a day in. You call Josh Lewin? And so, God dang it, dude, that's a genius call. All right, hold on. You might have just saved my ass. All right, damn it. I'm glad I, I brought Kerwin, uh, I'm Kerwin. Glad. I think Kershaw just spit right on the front of his jersey <laughs> like a kid. But go ahead. All right, here's the move. Okay. Shit, I'm glad I brought this up. Going to see the Red Sox take on the Mets. Okay, mm -hmm. could go either Friday or Saturday. We're taking a red eye. We're going. Uh, we're going to fly in Friday morning, basically to Boston. I was saying we'll go. We'll go Friday and enjoy Saturday because mm -hmm. Saturday is a four ten game, seven ten game in Boston on Friday. Yeah, and then we're going to take a train on Sunday. We're going to New York for two games in New York. Nice. Well, I have a connection for tickets with the Yankees. Eric, oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Right, Brett Boone's like, dude, just call my brother. You sit in the sit in the manager seats, and I was like, oh. Dude. All right, we're, we're in. For, so I don't have to worry about paying all that money for tickets for Yankee Stadium. But Fenway, which is actually more expensive than Yankee Stadium mm -hmm. for the most part, I'm, my wife says, you, you, do you know anyone? I go, well, Lucky, I, dude. I, I know Lucino. That's the thing. And I said, I feel weird calling Lucino. Or I feel weird even calling – my angle was no. going to be Charles Steinberg. Yeah, that's your guy. Is really? I was going to say, say to him, hey, can you hook me up for one game? Yeah, that's but I hate asking for favors. And no, it's, he he would. I know uh, he would because we saw him at the funeral. He couldn't have been nicer. Yeah, at Kevin Tyrus' funeral. Yeah, just say, um, and Dave, here's here would be my advice to all of you. 
I would call Charles and say, this way, Dave, you take the pressure off him. You say, Charles, I'll, he may have his own seats for that place. Yeah. So he, Charles, he owns that Pawsox team. Yeah, we've never been there. My family and yeah. I are coming back. I'll buy the tickets. Can I? But I just secondary market's going to cost me twelve hundred a ticket. Can you help me out? Yeah. There's four of us. None of us have been here, and we just want to do it and enjoy it. Can you help us out? And and I'll buy them. Just say, hey, yeah. I'll buy them. And because maybe Dave, he goes, hey, I could get them for you at face value, which is and then just fucking buy them. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, I hate asking for a favor, but but if you, when you say said to, when you said uh, Josh Lewin, Josh Lewin, I didn't even think about Josh. But um, but I uh, you're and I love Lewin. You're but you're much better off with uh, with Charles this Steinberg. show with Steinberg. Yeah, or Larry. Yeah, yeah. But I think through Charles, you could get there. And I don't even know if Larry's back there anymore. I mean, I know he's still a yeah. part of it, but I don't. I'm know. I'm not friends with Lucino on Facebook or anything. No, I'm friends with Steinberg. Gotta be great to see Larry. Um. But I, yeah, I would go to Charles okay. and just tell him, say, hey, I'm willing to buy him, but can you help me? Because secondary market is. I tell you, one of the coolest things when we ran into it, it sounds like we're a name dropping, but we are proud of these relationships we have. When we ran into Theo mm -hmm. at Kevin Tyrus funeral, when he said to you, I would have been offended if you didn't call and ask me for tickets. Yeah. It was a pretty cool line. Yeah. You know, they're in town when? This week? Are the Cubs in town this week? I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, I think they're okay. in town this weekend. And I may try to find a way to get a hold of him and just say, hey, would you just sign... I'd just love to have a Theo signed baseball. Yeah. Uh, and a couple signed baseballs from Theo. Um, and I, I'm going to have to talk to Wayne and the Padres to say, hey, can you get me in touch with him? Um, because I know he'll do it. Yeah, of course he will. And I'll, I'll just say, look, I'm not looking for Rizzo or Bryant or Madden or all those guys. I just want from you. Yeah. And um, I'll say, look, you know, sign one for Dave, sign one for me, and then just sign a third one that I can auction off. That's cool. And we were just like that. Yeah. And yeah, that would be cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that, or I'll have uh, I don't know how I can track him down. I'll figure out a way to track him down. He's coming to town this weekend, yeah. but um, he's great. I just I'd like to ask people this. I want to ask you this question too. So, and then uh, we'll be done. Um, I don't really pay much attention on LinkedIn. Yeah, like LinkedIn. Like I didn't even know how the fuck to pronounce it for ten years. I was like, I didn't even know what it was, but. I get all these notifications of people that want to connect. And so a lot of them, you go, oh, that's kind of a cool. And you can connect with a lot of impressive people on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, much more than Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And so a lot of the people that I connect with are in the world of combat sports. And they could be referees. They could be fighters, whatever else. So a couple of months back, there was a broadcast of a show called bare knuckle boxing and it's exactly what it says it is it is you can tape up to within one inch of your knuckles so that's as far as it goes um like the early days of the ufc bare knuckle boxing couldn't get sanctioned so they had a show in wyoming um they ran off an app called fight tv they struggled to get any pre-fight media, but on the night of the event, as people were watching it and enjoying it, it became the number three trending topic wow. nationally on Twitter. Pretty wild. So I found, just like as I was going through, I saw a connection for the guy who owns it. And he had a little blurb that said, hey, we're hiring. So I sent him a message. I go, hey, I want to send you a resume. And he called me immediately. 
Like I thought it was, uh, hello, this is the IRS and your, you know, the IRS calls or all that other bullshit that you get. And Dave, I ended up spending like 30 minutes with him on the phone. Yeah. And we talked about a bunch of different things as far as media and what I did with clinch gear and the podcast and being a member of USA boxing challenges that he's going to face getting sanctioned, uh, in States alternatives to having fights here in the States. And all of a sudden in the middle of the call, he says to me, what's your number? And I go, sorry. He goes, tell he goes, I love it. What's your number? Yeah. Give me a salary right now. And I said, I'm not prepared to do that he goes will you be by wednesday and i go yeah <laughs> so um so here's my question to all of you that's always the worst question no 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 i'm not okay. worried about the salary yeah. thing i know how to play that i can handle that what i'm asking for the guys that pay attention to this that fall into that demographic which runs probably 18 to 35 is Kind of in the words of Ted DiBiase, everybody has a price, and I also believe that everybody has a limit. And I look at it, and when you watch it, man, it is, it's hardcore. It's legit. It's, they had a women's fight. They had a guy's wow. fight. You are allowed to clinch with one arm, and you can do what they call dirty boxing, which is, you know, throw. But we live in a society where people always want more. You're not happy with... DVDs, you need Blu-ray, and then Blu-ray needs to become 4K TV and everything else. We're always looking for something new. Um, I'm looking to the guys that have been great and provided feedback to this show because um, I, I want to know, is it something that interests you? Because I feel like the guys that are in that demo, 18, let's say 18 to 40, if, you're, if you tell me, oh, yeah, man, that's right up my thing, that's in my wheelhouse. I know how to tell stories. I know how to tell fighters stories. And I know the other part that I'm going to pursue it. But if you look at it, you can find some of the clips on YouTube. And you go, dude, I don't know that that's for me. Then I go, okay, well, instead of 11 plates that I'm spinning right now, I can go to 10. But I'm going to ask Josh. I'm going to ask Jake. I'm going to ask guys that I know that are in that demo. Dude, is this kind of what's trending? Is this the Red Bull action crowd? Or do you look at it and go, holy shit. Okay, here's the funny thing. Because you watch 30-second fights all the time. Oh, all the time. I love it. And I, I World it. Star and all that. I love it. I watch it all the time. Okay. okay. So here, here's the deal. I remember when I was living in Nashville at the fairgrounds. This is before UFC. Yeah. They did. Tough toughest, man. Yeah, get tough. it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Yeah. That guy. Toughest man yeah. contest. And if you thought you were tough, you come down to the fairgrounds and you fucking jump in that ring and fight. Yeah. That was some crazy shit. But the difference and with then, that, Dave, yeah. real quick, and then finish it, those are guys fighting in headgear and usually fighting in 12-ounce gloves, yeah. and they're all truck drivers, and they gas out. Yes. These are guys that are trained fighters that are going bare fist I, in a small little contained area. Okay. Call me sick. I'm telling you, I think I'd rather watch that than UFC. I'm not, I realize, no shit. I'm telling you right now. I'm one of the few guys that still likes boxing. I'm still. You just want to watch back. a fight. You don't want to see, see the technical I, part. No, and I, I don't want to see that. I don't want. And I, I tell you what, I'm tired of the feet. I don't know what it is. Okay. Because I remember when before UFC again. Remember they used to have kickboxing. On yeah, ESPN? sure. Bill Superfoot Wallace, Benny the Jet, uh, or yeah, I hated that shit. 
I Kathy hated, Long. I just hated it. It was yeah, like Bridget it, Baby Doll Raleigh. And I know Riley. there are no rules to fighting. It just yeah. was like fuck, man. You know, and I mean. So you like it? The fact I like that much okay. better than than you. For me, I do. It's now, all good. Now, That's look, why I need I know to know. That, and I know when you sit in a room with women where oh, there's too much blood, they freak out. I, I, that's fine. I don't need to watch it with a bunch more. I need to watch it with the guys who are like me that just want to see a fight. I just want to see a fight. But for me, bare knuckle fighting almost seems as second right behind boxing. Maybe it'd be number one for me. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, I'd be more interested in that than the UFC. I'm, All right. I'm kind cool. of burnt out with the UFC right now. Isn't that funny? It's funny. I told you, and and she's become a great friend over the last couple of weeks. Uh, our pal and is going to help this podcast do a lot of things is our friend Erica Lee. Yeah. And so chatting with her today, and I said, look, because she's going to be a part of this in some way, and I said to her, I go, look, you know, she goes, what's happening? I said, I'm looking at this proposal for bare-knuckle boxing, the whole thing. Goddamn, she was. She jumped right in, watched the video. It It wasn't so much that she was into it, but she understood from the business and marketing standpoint. So her question was, Look, what you got to figure out is, can it sustain? Was it a one-time high-energy night, or is it something... I mean, UFC was pretty rough the first night. You remember the first fight? The dude got a tooth knocked out yeah. immediately, and people were like, whoa, well, that company just sold for $4 billion. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. you had to invest time. So just, look, I'll take, it, I'll take male, female, whatever, because Christy Bergman watches fights, and a lot of you do. Um, I'm just curious because I got to talk to him Wednesday or Thursday. And if you go, dude, I'm with Dave hundred percent. I don't want to see guys wrestle along the fence. I want to see two guys in the middle. Yeah. Go at it. And dude, that skin breaks easy. These dudes yeah. busted up yeah. easy and quick. All right. Let me ask you this yeah. one. Dave. I'm not, I'm not, I want to see those guys at the bar that go, Let's take it outside. That's what I want to see. I but want to see that kind but of fight. But it's better than that because these are pro fighters. I got it. Yeah. I got it. But I want to see that But kind can of you violence. watch women do that? I never thought I could watch women before, but I did. I don't I don't know. But when a woman yeah. is getting busted up yeah. and broken nose and bleeding above the eye? I don't think it would bother me as much. I mean, I, I, who knows? I'd give it a shot. I don't want to ever say because in, in there are women that can't do it. Here, and who knows if I'd be sick by it. Here, Here's what you need. Mm-hmm. This is what I think you have a problem with UFC and why boxing was great in the in the seventies mm-hmm. and Mike Tyson was great. You have to have that guy that's invincible. You yeah. gotta you can't have everybody's like ten and five in fights. You gotta yeah. have that one guy like shit, nobody can beat well, this guy. What I'm gonna do if I do this is it's the ability because my feeling is on the UFC is they've gotten away from making you invested in the fighter. In the early days of the UFC, I felt like you were invested in Tito Ortiz or Chuck Liddell yep. or Dan, and now they're all the same guy. Yep. And they're all there's no personality, and they're all buffed out. They all got the same one tattoo on their shoulder, <laughs> and you go, all right, these guys just change in and out. So what I said was, I said, look, the thing I know because I have a curiosity and appreciation, I know how to tell their story, and there's angles that will do that nobody else does. So that when you see these stories, they're like, God damn, man. And I said, a lot of these guys are husbands and fathers and school teachers. And I said, we'll tell the story leading into the fight. But I said, also, I'm going to I want to be I want to have the access to tell the story after the fight, because the one thing that I've learned covering combat sports is everybody loves you and your champ 
on Friday night, but on Sunday morning and you got knocked the fuck out like yeah. Stipe did the other night, goddamn, is that a feeling of isolation and failure? And the phone doesn't ring, and now you kind of walk through the airport, and I want to tell you that's the story I want to tell. I yeah. want to tell you that story where you go, holy shit, the looks in the airport because the adrenaline leaves the body and the bruises, it looks like you were in four consecutive car accidents, and that's what they bought into. So that's what I want to do, but like I said, between August 1st and Little League, and maybe you heard I'm getting a di fucking divorce. Are you? Yeah, it seems to be going on in September, and uh, Rarity Partners I'm part of now. There's a lot of great shit going on, Wow! but I would just, uh, and, oh yeah, podcast and shit coming on with the podcast that's growing, and here's the one final thing. So last night I wanted to tell this story about um, what happened at Wild Wings and at uh, Dave & Buster's. Yeah. Did you hear that back at all? No. Did you hear how many times I fucked up? Yeah, you're, you're all over. I was all over the place. But I know what you meant the whole time. I know, and I know the rest of you did. I wanted to fucking slam my head into the steering wheel today <laughs> because I kept saying how fucked up the experience was, and I meant to say it was fucked up at Dave & Buster's, and I kept saying Wild Wings. So just yeah. so I'm clear. I had an incredibly good time at Wild Wings. They took great care of us every step of the way. The problem was at Dave & Buster's. I had a fantastic guy reach out to me today and say, hey, man, I know I only have three followers, so you're not going to pay attention to this, but he said, I thought you were rough on the waitress at Dave & Buster's. And I wrote him back. I said, well, now you have four followers. So yeah. I started following him. But I'll, I'll point this out. You never know in customer service who the fuck's going to walk through the it's true. door. You don't. I didn't do anything wrong. I watched people walk in and clear out a table, and all I wanted to do was do the same thing that they had done. And I sat there for 45 minutes. Not only did I sit there, but I made eye contact with the waitress who fucking ignored me. Yeah. Fuck her. I don't have any problem telling you that service sucked. Because I don't want any of you to have what I went through. Yeah. It's the same reason why, and what wasn't pointed out in the tweet, was that I told you that the job that Bridget did at Wild Wings after an incredibly frustrating night was outstanding and saved the night. So if you're going to bust my balls for saying, hey, you were hard on Morgan at Wild... Uh, fuck, <laughs> asshole. If you're going to say you were tough on Morgan at Dave & Buster's, Acknowledge the fact that I said the manager, who I believe's name is Ray, and Bridget at Wild Wings were outstanding and saved the night. And my kids and I had a wonderful time. Thank you to them. I couldn't give less of a fuck yeah. what the people at Dave & Buster's think. You have, a, I hope he talked to her. I said I didn't, I didn't need anything free. But believe me, if I have this podcast in my back pocket, yeah. And you treat me like a fucking dick, and I got my kids out with me, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, you might as well be consumer Bob. The God, goddamn right. But Bob's not going to go on the next day and go, well, she was a real bitch. <laughs> now, look, I don't know what happened. She could have 10 great days in a row. She might be employee of the month and get free parking. I don't know that they charge them. They don't them. charge for parking. You get the point. But I, I'm not going to apologize. The experience in that yeah. place sucked. Yep. 
And I don't want anybody nice enough to listen to this podcast to have a shitty experience. And I hope it gets back to him. I hope it gets back to the manager. And I hope it gets back to the waitress. Because you know what it means? It means next time somebody's like, hey, are we able to clear this table? My sons and I want to buy dinner. Maybe you don't say, no, yeah. I have to leave it that way. And leave it untouched for 45 minutes. I, I couldn't give less of a fuck. All right, so let me clear this up, too, because <laughs> we're back on the Buffalo Wild Wings thing. Yes. What, what did your tweet say about Buffalo Wild Wings that night? Do you remember? I you said wrote, that I had a good time. A great time, fight night, the whole deal. You confused, I think, a lot of people because everyone knew Sean and Cali Comfort were your guys. Yes. Let me explain this. Okay. The UFC charges an insane amount of money to host fight night. Sean, as a family-owned business, looks at the dynamics of your return on investment. And it has gotten to the point where it doesn't make sense for Cali Comfort because Cali Comfort, thankfully, is at a success level. We're on a Saturday night where baseball is being played or summer league or anything else. He doesn't need to write a check for fight night anymore. Now, if Conor McGregor's fighting or Cormier and Lesnar fight, um, uh, Canelo and Triple G, too, I'm pretty confident that Sean will get those fights. But it's not, it doesn't make business sense for Cali Comfort to do it on a consistent basis. I'm not talking out of school. I'm sure yeah. Sean, Sean has been to Wild Wings with me. Sean would have been there the other Sean night. Sean told me that. And uh, it's funny. Sean said the same thing because I've been with him. But then I had people start writing me and going, did Jeff have a falling out with oh, Cali God Comfort? No. And I said, no. They go, how many... How many wings is is uh, Buffalo Wild Wings donating to your event on the first? I go, it's not like that. No, Jeff didn't have a fallout with no Sean's with family. Sean. Yeah, no Sean's family. Okay, I just want to cl- let everybody know. Yeah. That, oh that, God, no. Because yeah. that's how a lot of people took it, when, especially when you put that tweet out. Yeah. People were like, "Whoa, I guess Jeff and Sean aren't close anymore." No, and Sean would have been with me on Saturday night. I just didn't get a chance to see him, um, and he will understand this. Jack and Kate had been gone for two weeks. And I had been running around with them the whole time, and we didn't really know what was going on. They freaking love Sean. Come on, man. Sean, to me, is uh, has been such a huge part. When are you on Behind the Smoke? Tomorrow morning, uh, 10 o'clock. Oh, you're going to have a blast. You're going to have an absolute blast. He called me when I was driving back from Arizona. I said, you understand I don't barbecue at all. I mean, I don't know what the yeah. you guys want to ask me, but if this is just a... Uh, Goof on me for an hour. It's not going to be fun. No, you know what they're going to do? You're going to have a great time. It's talking about podcasting and sports and about this show. Whatever you need. No, um, Sean, I've I've called Tad Ryan's band Disappointing Joe 14 fucking times. It's Disappointing Joseph. They're playing that night, okay? Is there a Disappointing Joe that that, they have trouble booking? But if they're (laughs) playing. Calm the fuck down. Are we looking at birth certificates? Jesus (laughs) Christ. I, Tad's my man. Okay. I'm going to have him sing Jack Wagner. All right. Will you? No. little all I need? Okay. Uh, how are we standing on Paul Abdul? What's I, the I haven't tried yet. I was thinking of... Little... How are we standing on the t-shirts? Are they done? The, the t-shirts will be ready to go. That's great. Okay. We'll be good to go. <laughs> are you confident in that? I am. I'm pretty confident in it. Uh, uh, relying on your boy, Eddie Amen to make it happen. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, thank you again. The GoFundMe page is closed. Okay. It's closed. That's it. If you say, how can I help? Um, if you're, I'll be posting the guest list over the next couple of weeks on Twitter, getting you ready. You guys know who you are. You're yeah. in. Goddamn, Dave. When I shut down the GoFundMe page, wouldn't this have been the great Jeff move? I was this close to hitting the thing that would have wiped out the entire oh, guest list. Fuck. And probably wouldn't have got me like the last 1200 bucks that came in. Oh, Thank shit. God I figured it out like a dumb shit. I couldn't figure <laughs> out. 
whether I was at uh, Wild Wings or Dave and Buster's, but I did save the money and save the guest list. All of you are in. If you did not get your name on the list, sorry, you're out. But um, but make a donation to one of the local charities, and you're great. Send me your thoughts on bare knuckle boxing, good or bad, on Twitter at uh, Jeff Dotson. Perfect. All right, we'll be back next week, everybody.
Tell me love, baby. 